What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Sean Webb Podcast. So thank you that you, so thankful that you're willing to spend your time here with me. Today, we're going to learn about some business. We're going to learn about owning homes. We're going to learn about creating your own tech business today with Mr. Stephen Grant. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, bro. How you doing, man? Oh, I'm feeling good. I feel good. I woke up about an hour ago, so I was like, okay, I got to get this stuff ready. So... <laughs> Nice. You got pulled. You, so you were at a music concert back in 2015. Mm-hmm. You ran out of Airbnb. Someone called the police on you and your homeboys, and they had guns on you. Be like, freeze! <laughs> <laughs> keep, keep, yeah, keep. yeah, basically. Man, so that that had to have been the most wildest thing. Was that the first time that's ever happened to you? So that's, ironically enough, that's actually not the first time it's happened to me. Well, in that unique situation, like renting out, renting out an Airbnb and having the cops do that, that was, that was the first time. But I've actually had police put guns in my face before. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's, that wasn't a unique experience in that regard. But as far as renting an Airbnb and having, having the cops called on you, that was definitely unique and the first time for me, for sure. You know, that's actually making me reconsider even doing anything like airbnbs in america like i'm in an airbnb right now in korea so but it's just like man and so that but that moment though that that moment though led to something really great what happened after everything after everything cleared up yeah man so essentially i mean after that situation i posted it on twitter and that whole situation kind of went viral and that led to Airbnb reaching out to us. And initially they offered us kind of like a voucher for a future stay and stuff like that. But essentially what we realized is that what happened to us wasn't really an isolated case. And not only would it happen again, it would happen in bigger ways. So the idea came to me for Noir BNB and I reached out to Airbnb initially because I wanted Noir BNB to kind of be a platform within Airbnb's platform. And we, we were in conversation for about six months and long story short, they didn't really, we didn't end up partnering together. So me and my friends decided to launch it on our own. And it's, it's kind of been history ever since, man. Okay. And I like that you turned that, that you turned chicken crap into chicken salad by basically creating Noir BNB. So um, can you give us a good rundown, uh, a good timeline of, um, of you working, creating this product? Yeah, man. So essentially, man, it's, it's definitely been years in the making and we're always still working and doing product development. But essentially, we initially made the announcement in like June uh, 2016 and we, we had just been building a product and putting our team together and we had went through a couple of different versions of the site and stuff like that so we were working on that and, and of course getting new hosts on and getting properties on and working out different tech kinks so I say it was probably about a year or so until our well we did we did like a beta launch a couple of years after our announcement and we let that run for a little bit and tested a few things and just realized that we could improve on their product and provide a better a better user experience so about the next year, we actually did our first initial launch as far as like the, the full, like first, like beta version of, of essentially the product, man. So there was that. And we've just been building and working on it ever since, man. So we brought, we brought on a CTO, my guy Torrance Reed, and he's helped our tech side just accelerate massively, man. So we're like, we've done partnerships with Essence Fest down in New Orleans. We've done release parties with like a, with HBO's Insecure show. So a couple of cool parts. And on top of that, even that, um, we, we ended up launching an event series called Yard Basel as well. Now it's super helpful too, man. So yeah, just been, just been working on the tech side and, and a few different things, man. Cool, cool. So when creating uh, this technology app, um, what would you say, let, let's, uh, let's uh, talk about some challenges you went through. You, you, went, you went through uh, creating this. What were some of the biggest challenges you went through? And you, can you give us any backstory on that? 
Oh man, there were there are definitely a few challenges. It hasn't been necessarily an easy journey, man. Like had gone through some stuff with the original co-founder. That was kind of crazy, and that, that was a big loss situation within itself. From I mean, I think almost a, a lot of tech companies and a lot of businesses have that story where like just founders just have disagreements. Like so, like there was that that happened, but we ended up working through that and and stepping up to the next level. But also too, man, just kind of going through different technology platforms and having things break, having things not work, having things be buggy, mm -hmm. so stuff like that. And on top of that too, I mean, when you when you're a when you've got a uh, when you're a black founder of a technology company. It's not necessarily as easy to raise funding and raise capital as, as, as say, another platform might be. So I'm, me, I'm not a person to never really even get too wrapped up in the victim mentality and the mindset and, and whatever. Because, I mean, I'm always about moving forward and making it happen no, no matter what. But at the same time, it's definitely being a, being a black founder in the tech space is definitely a very unique experience, man. But I think that even, even through all the ordeals that we faced and things that we've been through, it's definitely made me a better business person, a lot smarter, a lot wiser and a lot tougher and this just really helped my resilience a lot too man and on top of that too like we've got a great team that's been doing some great work and our community is super supportive super understanding about what we're doing what we're trying to do man so it's been it's been a blessing man honestly most definitely you know i like what you just said right there um i'm, I'm glad you brought this up about having a victim mentality how did uh how would you say that you were able to like um break that mentality so to speak and and it come to where you're at right now. I mean, to be honest, I, I would say that I've never really had a victim mentality. I've always kind of been very strong-minded. I mean, one, just my family is, is always has always been that way from my mother's side to my dad's side. Like they've always been very strong people and never really let anything stand in their way. Even if it was a major setback or whatever, they've always overcome it. But also too, um just just my spirituality, man, I'm a Rasta. And one of the things about being a roster is always being a lion and being strong and overcoming and no, and no, no matter what, you know what I mean? Being iron like a lion, like Bob Marley said, man. So I think that that has always been part of my, been part of who I am and, and really helped to kind of bolster that strength and, and not being a victim. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, I swear, like you and the uh, other Jamaican that I see on Twitter, uh, Keiko, both of y'all guys have like that strong mindset and just strong iron will just to be yeah. able to just do what you need to do. But, um, Going back to um, going back to Airbnb, I remember I actually caught wind of you when you made a thread on Twitter talking about like a very tough issue that you have to deal with with someone um, creating Airbnb. Like I think you called them; a, uh, they were a scammer, they were fraud. Um, would you <laughs> it, 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 would you uh, would you mind talking about what happened with that and uh, how you guys were able to deal with that? I mean, yeah, so, so well, there's there's a couple of things, man. So initially, my, my co-founder that I was working with, um, so I came up with the idea and I brought them on because when the situation initially happened, she was the person who, like, rented the, the original Airbnb for us and was kind of helping me with some of my PR and marketing and dealing with some of the incoming uh, just media outlets that were reaching out to us. So in my mind, always being, like I said, I'm a Rasta. I'm, I'm very pro-black. I got love for everybody of all races and cultures, but I'm also very pro-black and I'm, my mentality and my intention has always been to try to unite the black community and not only unite the black community, but also unite black men and women within the community. So in my idealism, uh, my vision was to build a black company, me being a black man, her being a black woman and, and kind of build something great in that regard. So things kind of started out cool, but she ended up kind of recruiting some new te some some team members and people that she knew. And and long story short, to kind of condense it a bit, ended up finding out that she was that she was misusing some of the company's money and some of the company's current like investment capital that we had. So 
once that happened, we ended up having to kind of remove her from the company because, I mean, you can't be a co-founder and using company money when we're at, like, especially in the beginning of a company, when you're, when you're a startup, every dollar counts. And that can essentially help you get to the next level and really get to where you want to be in a, in a fast, at a faster rate. So once we found out that she was kind of misusing some of the money and just some of the other personal issues that, that, was, that she was going through and also inflicting upon myself, we had to kind of get her out of the company, man. So there was that. But then also, um, considering she had recruited a bunch of team members and a bunch of people to work in the company, I mean, some of them did some great work, but also they were just very difficult to deal with and made it almost impossible for us to even make progress. But I mean, to be honest, even us, even us just being able to launch the product became a hassle because one of the one of the people that we were working with was just very difficult with the technology team and different stuff like that man so it, was, it just became a very major ordeal bro so it was about i say a good year and a half maybe two years of just kind of dealing with stuff like that and having to either work with folks or get folks out of the company and it was it was a, it was a big thing man but once we actually got them out of the company we were able to accelerate and grow it at a at a, at a insanely rapid speed man so but yeah i mean like like just just typical tech entrepreneur stuff that happens man entrepreneur stuff in general, honestly. Yeah. True. You know, and I do agree with you on that. I actually went through something similar, uh, two years ago here in Korea like that. So, um, like, so like there was a blockchain company I was working with and, uh, this lady that ran it, she was saying to me like, Oh yeah, we can get you your visa and everything, all this other stuff. And throughout the whole process, she was plotting to take everyone's money and she did get away with wow. it. Like, dude, she, she stole, oh, she did, she did. She stole half a million dollars from some investors in Taiwan, cash. Not Taiwan, Thailand, Thailand, cash. Oh, wow. And that, it's, it's, a, it's crazy, man. Dude, man, that and uh, plus all the money that she's supposed to pay the people uh, in Korea, right? So she's half Taiwanese, half Korean, but she stole money from people in Korea and Taiwan. And she was able to get away with it because of the fact that Korean police didn't want to deal with this. So I don't even know if Interpol is involved. I've heard things, but shoot. Man, it's crazy, man. This tech, this tech life and this entrepreneur life can be a doozy, man, for sure. Yeah, it, it can be. And I can say that for you. Would you say that, that, that though that moment sucked, was it, do you feel as though it was something that you needed to learn right then and there to help, you, to help make things better? Yeah, I mean, most definitely. I mean, even when I actually wrote the article about it, speaking on it recently, because I hadn't mentioned it for a long time. And I actually, I hadn't spoken on it because even uh, one of the people that she brought on, she, once we, once we actually removed them from the company and the story is so incredibly convoluted and so detailed, man, once we actually removed her from the company, um, her cousin wrote an article saying that like black men are the white people of black people and different stuff like that. So, Oh, she was the one that wrote that? that? It wasn't her. It was her cousin that wrote that article. So wow. actually, so I actually ended up clowning that article. But after she left the company, I mean, it wasn't there, there wasn't any really any major bad blood. But I didn't really like dealing with her, and I'm sure she didn't like working with me either. Just because, I mean, like, I don't know. But either way, so once we, once we removed her from the company, I found out that she unfollowed me on Twitter. I didn't really care either because I'm like, it's just Twitter. Like, it's no big of a deal. Like, who cares? But at the same time, I was like. I don't even like her anyway and didn't plan on dealing with her ever again. So I just, so I just, I just blocked her account and kept it moving. Cause I, I wasn't sure I, I'd ever speak to her ever again. I literally had never even been in the same room with her at all. So there was that, but I blocked her on Twitter and I think she came across a tweet where I, where I flamed her cousin's article and she like, she ended up putting up and mind you, right. The person who hired her, who was her friend and brought her in the company was a person who stole and misused all the company's finances. Right. So 
she gets on Twitter and she goes, imagine blocking me after not paying me for my work, right? Basically framing me as some person who just misused her work and, or, 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 or basically didn't pay her on purpose and whatever else. And she, she didn't tell the truth about how her friend was actually the person who stole the company's money. So for a while, there was this, even now, like there's this narrative on Twitter about, oh, the founder of Noir BNB doesn't pay black women and he's this and he's that. And like my PR told me to like leave it alone and just ignore it and let it go away. But like, this was like three years ago and people are still accusing me of that. You know what I mean? So eventually I was like, you know what? Forget it. I, I mean, I, I respect and love what my PR was saying. But at the same time, you've got to kind of take control of the narrative and clear your name. And that's why I even decided to write the entire article and speak about it, because like, like you can't have people just bad mouthing you and trying to ruin your reputation regarding things that aren't even true, man. So it's definitely been just a crazy situation in that regard. Yeah. And, and considering how black folks are, we're, we're just loving to spirit, uh, smear each other's names and stuff over over stuff that they don't know about. We, we, we just love drama. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the drama, drama and cancel culture is very, very heavy in the culture right now. I mean, I mean, we've been through a lot. So I try to get I try to give us the pass on a lot of things. But at the same time, the drama and the cancel culture stuff is very, very, especially when it comes to the Internet, man. Like people want to pull their pitchforks as soon as they hear even as soon as they smell a little bit of blood in the water, man, they want to come at you. So but it is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that we as men, we can handle that a lot better. We can just say, hey, yo, shut your mouth. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> with, all, with all this junk and everything you know yeah. you, you, you can talk all big behind your keyboard but i dare you to come up and say that to my face yeah, I a lot of those folks would never do that in person honestly so oh hell no yeah. hell no um yeah i went through some similar stuff like that too but i won't go into that right now so let's get into the technology aspect of it or, or at least just the whole thing with an Airbnb. let's say i want to let's say i want i want to sign up for an Airbnb. you know have people come rent out my house for a bit. What were some, what, let's go over some basic, what are some basic things that I have to do to be able to uh, make this work out? Well, one, I mean, you've got to, of course, sign up on no Airbnb, but there's a, there's a verification process on the back end to make sure that you didn't just take somebody's photos and you're, you're trying to use somebody else's listing and stuff like that. Cause we can't, we obviously can't have stuff like that, man, but you got to go through a bit of a verification process and then we get your finances signed up on the back end as far as like making sure that you're connected with Stripe and Stripe is Stripe is also a verification process that we use because they're very uh, st stringent in how they verify users. And of course, when it comes to finances, you got to make sure that, that, that people are, are sending finances to the right account and stuff like that as well, too. So we use Stripe. We also can connect you to PayPal and you get your property up. It's a very simple process, probably about five, 10 minutes to get your photos up there, get your listings up there. And if everything is cool on the back end and we verified your identity and, and your accounts are all set up, then we get you approved and you're ready to go. And on, on the travel side, on traveler side, like all you got to do is make an account. You can search for a property and you can book that way. But also one of the things that, we're, that we've been rolling out and we're going to be officially rolling out next week is our concierge program. And the way our concierge program works is that like you can, of course you can get on the site and search for a property. But one, if you don't find a property in certain locations or you, or, or you just don't even want to go through the hassle of trying to book your whole entire trip, you can pay a fee of like $9.99 on the site and our concierge team will literally search through our, through either through our site or through our partner platforms and find you some accommodations that are, that are suitable. And not even just that, the concierge team will also book like activities, transportation, different stuff like that as well too. So yeah, man, building oh, that out. I'm, man, that's a steal. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cause I, I know that almost sounds almost like how, uh, Airbnb, they kind of have like, well, actually, no, no, it's, it's not, it's not, it's nothing like their, um, 
what's that one program they have? That experience. Uh, experiences. Yeah, yeah. That, that's so, right. so funny story about that, right? <laughs> when we actually met with Airbnb for the first time, because really my background was in like music and events and different stuff like that. Experiences was actually one of the ideas that we had pitched to them in that first meeting. But in my in my in my not knowing anything about NDAs or anything like that. I didn't even, we didn't put together any paperwork. So like we literally pitched them idea and they ran with it and launched it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Dude, you're the second person to tell me uh, uh, that in the last two days about, about big companies like stealing from stuff. Like you, you gotta, you gotta listen to my interview with the, with this um, black woman who was a model in Japan. And um, she was telling me some, she, she had told me some stuff about that, but man, that's crazy. Okay. It's so, real, Wow, so wow, I'm actually talking to someone who actually created experiences. I made and I made money off of your idea too. Uh, <laughs> That's what's up. That's cool, man. That's man, dope. that is so dope. So, why do you think that there are so? Uh, and I saw this in your TED talk about the fact that there are so few people, black people, involved in technology or involved in anything involved in knowledge. Um, how do you think? What are ways that we can solve that that issue? Yeah, uh, I think honestly, man, it's just continuing to increase the interest. I mean, like I think a lot of Black people are naturally tech savvy, but I think that we 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 have, we have to do more outreach and kind of inspire folks to kind of do that in a lot of ways. And on top of that, too, I mean, I think that the game is wide open right now. I mean, you can learn how to code or design or do a lot of things just off going on YouTube. Learn you can learn how to code the back end of a website, build a mobile app, you can learn how to do a UI and UX design and a lot. So it's like, you don't even really need to go to any major technology school to learn how to do a lot of these things. It's just making sure that people know that and, and, and have it in their minds that, that they can actually, one, start a tech company like I did or build their own tech company, build a mobile app, design a mobile app. And there, there are so many different ways to even get in the field from, from on the security side. So not even just the, your tech side and your app side, but like you can, you can get into cybersecurity I mean, there's tons of ways, man. So, so I think that it's just about us kind of spreading the word. And I mean, I think another thing that would help too is that if you had more folks who are willing to invest in black founders and black technology companies, that would also help a lot because on that front, if we've got the funding and the support to build, to build some of these companies, then we can also hire more folks that look like us and get more folks in the field and, and, and help kind of build, build a community, build a black tech community that way too. So, I mean, there's, there, there's tons of approaches that I believe are possible and, and that we should be thinking about. Yeah, and considering how we'll come together for certain things, but but not for the things that we need, um, the concept of group mentality has just been so lost on us over the decades to really keep us from from getting that far. Like I didn't really think about it until I worked with a former business partner here in Korea, and he would always be about, oh yeah, we need group economics. We have to all work together, and. It is disheartening to know that some of us just just don't want to work with each other, you know, yeah. over or just over trivial things. But, 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 at the same time, there are you know, there's like a diamond in a rough anywhere and everywhere you go. We can find the right people to be able to work with. Mm -hmm. And so, with you doing this in Florida, right? You do, yeah, mm -hmm. you're doing this in Florida. Yeah. Um, what are some restrictions that you that you that you, what are some restrictions that people have to look out for whenever they do, whenever they uh, set up their own properties for uh, on Airbnb? I mean, certainly, I mean, essentially what you want to do is people, people can kind of set the restrictions. I mean, the main thing is we don't want any discrimination on our platform. 
the funny thing about it is that a lot of white people and, and people of all cultures reach out to us and they're like, hey, I know I'm not black, but can I sign up on Airbnb? And we're like, yeah, of course, because we wouldn't want to have experienced discrimination on one platform and create another platform to discriminate. So the first thing is that we want to make sure that all of our members and our and people in our community are are non-discriminatory and just have love for all people. So that's the first thing. So whether you're, whether like, we don't want anybody to discriminate based on race, religion, orientation, gender, any, any of that type of stuff, man. But really, I mean, besides that, people can kind of set their parameters as far as whether they want events or different things or pets, like allowed and stuff like that. So I mean, but other than that, I mean, you've got, if you've got some cool accommodations, you're welcome on board. And particularly, I mean, like, like we're, we're very, we're very big on the quality of the properties. So, I mean, like, like anything, anything from luxury to your very uh, like real raw experience. Like, like we want to welcome those on board, but like, but at the same time, we got to make sure that they're legit, that they're safe, that they're comfortable and are going to be a great experience for our travelers. But besides that, really not that many restrictions okay. as far as that goes. I actually just thought of something. What is one way that Airbnb stands out from Airbnb outside of skin color? Yeah. What, is one, what is one thing that can make it, that can, that can make people go, wow, this is better than Airbnb that you guys created that you can talk about. Well, I mean, well, well yeah, so there, there's a couple things that we're actually planning on rolling out that I don't even want to really announce too much, man. But to be completely honest, man, our goal, even when we started up until now, we are, we're not even really trying to compete with Airbnb. I mean, I, I know the, the names are very similar, but even from the concierge service to even our ideas about experiences and, and, and how we want to do different things regarding that, like, Really, like what we're trying to do is build our community and also do things a little bit different in a lot of ways too, man. Because like Airbnb is such a behemoth and a giant. And to be honest, even without their business model, we wouldn't even be able to kind of do what we're doing. So we don't want to compete or we don't want any beef or any drama with them. Our main thing is that we can provide safe accommodations for our community and for people of, for people of, of all walks of life. But also too, man, like yeah, our concierge service to kind of build that out. And essentially like, like we want to be the future of travel in the sense of like if you want to come on and and have have us book for you like we can be your your new digital modern travel agency basically in a lot of ways man so and one of the things that we want to do in the future is i mean hey if somebody's looking to take a private jet like like we want we want to be able to, to to book your your private jet travel or even like your your regular flight just i mean like like literally the full end-to-end travel experience is kind of what we want to do too, man. And on top of that, I mean, even connect with more real estate investors and, and maybe develop some properties in the future. So we got, we got tons of ideas, man. You know, I'm actually glad you brought up the uh, whole real estate thing is because two things. Number one, I saw a, a real estate video. I think it was on your Twitter page mm-hmm. and everything. And you actually kind of got me in the mood to say, Hey, you know, I need to actually start creating some real estate videos again. Well, for at least for the first time again, that's, I don't know how to, but I would like to be able to actually film some of those. And number two, you actually wrote a book on uh, yep. the guide to real estate investing. So can yes, you talk to me about that? Yeah, man. So really, I mean, I've had a passion for real estate for a really long time, or even since I was a kid, because I've always been enamored with buildings. I mean, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's like as a kid, like working on Lego blocks and constructing things and designing things, man. But I've always been just amazed at the thought of, buildings and how they come together and the business behind them and surrounding them man so and even um even from younger like my family's always kind of been involved in real estate investing from like my grandmother's house and different stuff like that as well too so i've I've had a passion for it and i wanted to learn more about it so a few years back i decided to get my license and kind of delve more deep into it and me and my brother i was was telling my brother about real estate investing and how that could be our path to financial freedom and generational wealth and just just helping to just, just essentially helping the family kind of get to a new level. And I, and honestly, it's not even a new concept because 
like like I said, like my mother has been investing in real estate. His mother had been investing in real estate. She's still invests in real estate. So our thing was just about how do we start jumping in that and making it happen for ourselves. So I gave my brother the idea and we and and he really just kind of took off like a rocket and we started investing in properties in Baltimore together. You know what I mean? So it kind of jumped off from that. And I said, well, well, look, real estate is the number literally historically, statistically, the number one wealth generator for people across the world, people around the world from from thousands of years ago up until now. I mean, like, like you hear the term landlord, like that's been like landlord is like you're the lord of your land. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's been a term since forever. So like people, people often don't think about that, but that's really what it is, man. So but you can own some land and you can own some buildings and you can provide housing for people. Not only are, can you do a, do a great service for your community and make your community better and, and have great housing for families, but you can also generate wealth and generate cash flow and get financial freedom. Because if you have enough properties that are covering, that are, that are bringing you in monthly cash flow, that are covering all of your monthly expenses, that means you're literally financially free because the cash flow from your investments cover all your bills. And if you don't want to work, you don't have to. Of course, me personally, I'm always going to be working and, and trying to do more things. But there are like the goal is to just to ultimately make it so that, hey, like if I want to just chill and relax for, for however long and go take a trip to Korea or Japan or Nigeria or Ghana, wherever else, I can do that because I've got enough cash flow covering my expenses and also essentially funding my lifestyle and giving me the freedom to do what I want to do and be who I want to be, man. And, and that's really what a lot of my passion comes into. And not even just that. I mean, hey, like one, like you can you can also buy properties and have them and hold them and your kids can have those when you pass on and, and have something that, that can help them kind of build that wealth. And I think that in the black community, that's one of the things that we need, just more generational wealth to kind of help give us that head start for future generations and, and just and just just to further further us and, and put us ahead as a culture. You know, and I think that can really put us back in there because it's actually funny hearing about you saying that your family was into that because uh, I didn't realize until last year that my family was into that as well mm-hmm. on uh, my mom's side. Like my grandma said, oh, my grandma told me that her and uh, her sister, my aunt, were selling some property that they own. I was like, wait a minute, you own all of this this whole time? You didn't tell me? And everything. Yeah. I said, oh, so that's where that stuff comes out. And then uh, my uncle, um, he owns like three patches of land. And uh, one of them actually has a house that he rents out next door to it in his and uh, from a, his uh, childhood home because he's trying to actually literally buy up the block in his area. Like all the houses are just being um, abandoned or, or land is just being abandoned and it's for like it's for stupid cheap. And I'm just like, I want to get in, get in on that, too. Yeah. I'm going to do that there and also do it by near universities uh, in Texas so that I can really Smart, work huh? that out. And stuff too. I'm gonna have to talk to them, but I think I'm gonna have to uh, copy your book as well, too, so I can like figure out a couple of things as well. Cause yeah, my man. I, 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 cause I, I, I didn't hear about it about like uh, real estate investing until I worked with some white people uh, here in Korea, and they said, "Oh yeah, we're a couple. We uh, own, we own some houses. We we take the money we make here in Korea, then we take it back to America. We buy property and land and stuff and homes and rent them out." I was like, man, that still blows my mind. Yeah, man. I mean, like, like that's that's really how a lot of people build wealth. And I mean, a lot of people don't necessarily talk about it unless you're kind of in you're kind of entrenched in a lot of real estate circles. But I'm telling you, man, like real estate and land ownership are the keys and the foundations for wealth. even a lot of people that, you know, who are super wealthy, like a lot of their foundations come from real estate. So, yeah, man, it's a big thing. Yeah. And a lot of people, they also talk about 
things like, oh, gentrification is so bad and everything. We, we can't do it like this. And I tell people, hey, gentrification is good when you have the right people involved with it yeah. and stuff, yeah. you know. It's like, like I said, going back to where my, where my uh, uncle was uh, born and raised, or uh, yeah, was, a, was born and raised, um, like that part of Memphis, um, I'm start, each time I go there, it's starting to become nicer and nicer. Like all the ghetto areas starting to become nicer. I'm just like, oh, gentrification, okay. And so uh, my uncle, again, he's going up there to, to, to put a stop to that. Well, gentrify in his vision, not yeah, in other yeah, people's yeah. visions. Stuff so and Memphis is a great market, man. Because one of one of my real estate mentors, shout out to my guy Brandon, man. He's actually out in Memphis and doing it super huge out there, and really around the country in general too, man. So Memphis is a great market for sure. Hmm. I'd actually start doing that now. Cool beans, man. Hey, uh, uh, Stephen, thank you so very much for giving me your knowledge today, guys. If you want to uh, see more of uh, what he's doing, go to his. Uh, what is it, Stefan or Stephen? Stefan. Okay. Yeah. So check out his site, stephongrant.co. You can read his, you can read his blog. You can check out his book and then check out noirbnb.com. Yep. Noirbnb.com. And actually, um, before you, before we just interview, I just recorded a new a new video because I'm announcing my brand new real estate website and it's called, yeah. <laughs> it's called stephsellsfl.com. You can do property searches. You can get property values. I got a, I got a mortgage calculator on there. And a bunch of new things, man. So StephSellsFL.com. FL obviously standing for Florida because this is where I'm based. But you can you can use the site to search for properties anywhere around the country and get 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 your property values anywhere around the country as well, too, man. So check that out. I see it. I see the site, man. Oh, that is so cool. See, you know, is this I find it amazing how, you know, despite the fact that we're living through these tough times that we are still having to be as resilient as we possibly could can yep. to be able to um, just make our money, you know, not, yep. and not only just depend on a job, but you know, we got to do what we have to do. Precisely. All right, uh, Stefan, thank you very much for this interview and everybody. Thank you all for uh, tuning in. Be sure to check out previous episodes beforehand and stay tuned for future episodes. So take care of yourselves, peace and love, and I will see you all around. My man, thank you.